Hello, everybody. This is your Talks at the Cross, the official podcast of the Cross Point Church. And we're so happy to be able to come at you today through this Bible session. And uh, we are so happy that you have been, uh, those of you have been uh, watching and viewing and sharing and liking. We thank you for your support. We ask you to continue to pray for us. Uh, we believe that God is dealing with uh, a lot of people through these uh, sessions. We have uh, received some good testimonials and we're very uh, happy that God's word is reaching people's lives. And today uh, we're going to be doing uh, a couple months back. We gave a introductory Bible study into spiritual warfare. And today I'm going to be giving a second part to that. And this part we have entitled it in time spiritual warfare. And I want to say that I have been so um, involved in, in this topic for many years. And I believe uh, being a missionary out in uh, the missionary field in Europe, uh, God has impressed upon my life and my heart uh, to be able to study and to research and to ask direction and revelation of the Word of God into demonology and angelology and satanology, be able to understand it and teach it and preach it and practice it and mentor. And, and we are thankful to God that God has given us grace and His favor has been in our lives to be able to see so many things in our missionary trips uh, to many countries of the world, uh, being able to see God's power manifest and to understand that in uh, time spiritual warfare is so important for the Christians, the body of Christ, the church to be aware and uh, we should not be ignorant of the devil's decide, uh, devices or schemes, uh, as some versions say. We are living in the end time. And we, uh, as the body of Christ, must be aware of all the enemy's attacks upon uh, the church, upon our lives. And, and it becomes personal when you start to understand that you live in a constant battle uh, your your faith is going to be tested. Your walk with the Lord is going to be tested. So one of the things that we must understand is uh, that spiritual warfare, sometimes people group it under, a, a include many things and they don't distinguish. And, and I call that the fruit salad. Uh, you know, in the fruit salad, the uh, theory is you put a little bit of, of every type of fruit you can find and you mix it up and you maybe add a little bit of whipped cream and it becomes fruit salad. And you, you say, well, I'm eating fruit. And you're eating, actually, you're eating fruit salad because it's all different types of fruit. So uh, we, we do need to distinguish that not uh, everything that we uh, hear. And we're going to be talking a bit as we go through this introductory second part to in time spiritual warfare. And I want to start out by uh, establishing uh, the difference between deliverance and spiritual warfare is that deliverance is dealing with demonic bondages and getting the person set free, whereas spiritual warfare is resisting and overcoming uh, and defeating the enemy's uh, lies in form of deception, temptations, and accusations. And, and it, it, it sin, uh, he sins our way. And some of these uh, uh, temptations, deception, and accusations are strongholds that he puts upon our minds and we become uh, misinterpreting the difference between spiritual warfare and spiritual deliverance. And I must say that, you know, it is sad to say that so many uh, believers have uh, avoided this topic 
we have been, uh, the enemy has deceived so many to believe lies that it is not important. It's not important uh, to talk about uh, demonology or to, to see people be, be delivered in our, in our church services. And I recall that uh, every church service as I was growing up uh, as a pastor's kid, uh, I, I recall my father uh, always praying for the sick, uh, praying for the oppressed and the possessed. And it was part of every service, I recall, God would set somebody free and God would deliver somebody free and God would save somebody. And that was part of this uh, spiritual deliverance ministry. And the spiritual warfare sometimes was left out of dealing with all these things that, you know, create spiritual bondage. And today I want to be able to uh, go in a little bit deeper into this end time. I believe right now the enemy has deceived so many. Uh, so many people are, are so caught up in what I call uh, the the common, the, the going, the trend, the, the new age era of worshiping God. It's all about, you know, uh, singing good. Uh, it's all about, uh, you know, having a, a, a light show, having a smoke show and, you know, letting the, 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 the flesh enjoy and, and it becomes an emotional uh, worship and praise and people feel good about it. Or oh, I went and I had, I got my, my praise on, I got my groove on. I, I felt the presence of God and I was good. I was good. And you know, a lot of times, uh, uh, the, the immature Christian believes that that is uh, worshiping God in spirit and in truth because they have not distinguished what the flesh is and what the spirit is. And uh, that's another study that we'll get into what true worship and true praise is and how sometimes, uh, you know, strange fire in our altars. Well, that's why uh, we are in cap. Uh, uh, we are we're, we're limited to see the power of God because there is strange fire in our altars. And I, I, I dare to say that with all God has given me a revelation that this end time spiritual warfare—that's what the enemy has done, and he has used uh, these strongholds. He has used uh, these. Uh, attacks upon the church to uh, keep us weak, keep us neutralized. Uh, we, we we worry sometimes. We worry more about how our singing is going to sound, and uh, we we don't pray enough. Uh, we sing a lot. Uh, we we don't study a lot. And you know, and I'm not nothing. I love praising God. I love dancing in the presence of the Lord. I grew up in an environment. But one of the things I've learned along the way that not every but he has understood what God is saying when he is looking for worshipers that worship him in spirit and in truth. So let us go into a little bit more deeper into um, the end time spiritual warfare. The enemy has deposited lies in form of deception, temptations and accusation. He sends our way and he uses this uh, defensive involves uh, the breaking up of the legal grounds in our lives. And we, we sometimes let him creep in. We give him a, a place in our lives and he, he takes control of our mind by making us feel certain things. And, and it's a feel-good society, a feel-good church. If I go to church and I don't feel good, then God wasn't there. And, and you know, sometimes the enemy has deceived us in such a way that, you know, a lot of people uh, have, have, you know, avoided this issue to talk about spiritual warfare or talk about, you know, this uh, type of uh, 
a spiritual deliverance. Some churches don't even pray for the sick anymore in the services. They won't cast out a devil of somebody's life. You know, it becomes a, a taboo. It becomes, a, a, it's not my cup of tea. It's not what I do. God didn't call me this. And you know, a lot of times we hide behind our feelings and emotions, but we need to understand that God has given us power and authority to resist the devil so he can flee from our lives. And sometimes we are caught up, and like I said, in, in this uh, warfare without even knowing it. Spiritual warfare about the rapture of Christ coming for his church. Like I said at the beginning, so many people don't want to pray and cast out the enemy of people's lives. So many people are afraid to deal with this topic. I recall somebody called me not too long away and said to me, Bishop Salmano, do you still pray and cast out devils as you did at the beginning of your ministry? And I said, well, I said, anytime uh, uh, God gives me an opportunity uh, to pray for somebody, I still do that. Because that is what God has called us to do, to set the captives free, to, to give, uh, to preach, uh, to heal the wounds, uh, and to preach the deliverance. And I believe that. I, I, I experience it. And today I know God is speaking to somebody that has been deceived by a spirit, uh, a demon that has have you with a stronghold in your mind. And you, you do believe you don't have a hope. You don't have a, a, any kind of a way out, you think. But I have some good news today. Deception is just a weapon of spiritual warfare. But like I said, we have the offensive uh, warfare and we have the defensive warfare. And this is deception must be destroyed by offensive warfare. And that means that we need to understand how we can receive this deception. And deception can come in many forms and shapes. And, and, and you know, sometimes I say uh, deception starts with a feeling. And you start to feel something. I don't feel this good. I I, I think I this. I, I'm thinking about this. And, and you start to feel that this, uh, your feelings start to tell you that something is wrong with you. And the enemy starts to deposit uh, doubt. And he said, you know, you're a Christian. You believe in God. You serve God. You go to church, but uh, uh, you're not victorious. You, you're not good and you don't feel good and and these strongholds go into your mind and pretty soon they go into your heart and you start to live a life of deception you, you start to believe the enemy's lies he'll lie to you in your dreams he'll lie when you wake you up he'll lie at, at your work he'll lie at school He'll keep you lying and lying. He is the father of lies, the Bible tells us. And we see from the very beginning, Satan deceived Eve into believing that God's word was not true. The devil told her that she would not surely die as God said she would. That was the first act of deception upon human mankind, as you see. Eve was deceived to uh, not believe the truth, but believe a lie. So we need to understand this, uh, church. And if you're listening to me today and you have a stronghold of deception in your life and it, it develops in many forms and fashions, 
Deception is not where you uh, deny God. Deception is not where you uh, uh, go into idolatry. A lot of people believe that, that oh, the brother was deceived. It went back to the world. Deception, there are so many people sitting in our churches that are have a stronghold of deception. And sometimes uh, the devil has uh, put a, a, a spirit of pride, a superiority inside their lives or in their minds or inferiority in their minds and heart and, and they live a life of deception. They, 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 they show it's a facade. It's a mask they put on on Sundays or when they're on the platform or where they got the lights on. Oh, they are so good and, and dandy. But deep down inside, when they go home and it's just them, some of them are living a stronghold of deception. They, they, they ask themselves, I, you know, I sing, I shout, I do this. I'm on the platform where I have all the spotlight and yet I am not happy. I am not living a life of victory. I am. I don't see the favor of God upon my life. And so many people are deceived to believe that that is uh, uh, what you know. The devil will sooner or later make you think that you're not worthy, and you pretty soon you start to to feel, believe the lies of the enemy. You become deceived. You live uh, an attack of deception. And like I say, it develops in many forms and fashions. It starts out with a feeling. It starts out with an emotion. It starts out with a thought. And the devil could deposit in a dream. It could say by a word. It could say by something you, you try. And, and a lot of times, you know, the enemy will make you feel that, uh, you know, you are gooder than others. That you don't need any help. You're the best. And, you know, we, we become so used to uh, sometimes instead of giving God the glory, we give each other the glory. And I want to stress this very important. That is a deception. I, I, we need to understand that God does not share his glory with anybody. And I know God is speaking to somebody. And, you know, a lot of times we, we forget that if we are deceived by this spirit of deception that has entered the world, this is why it's coming at you through social media. It's coming at you through the, uh, you know, IT now that we have technology. It's so advanced. You hear it uh, on the radio. You hear it on your phone. You see it on YouTube. Uh, and, and like I say, the other other platforms, uh, Twitter and, and all these others, TikTok. And all of a sudden you're hearing, you're seeing and so many different things out there. And you Google it and you look at it and you and the devil got you believing lies. Now listen to me. Today's study is to wake us up that there is end time spiritual warfare. And number two weapon that the devil, the first one is deception. I want you to remember that. And the number two is a spirit of temptation. Temptation often follows deception. First the enemy tells you you won't surely die. That's what he told Eve. Then he makes the fruit of the forbidden tree look good to us. You know, I, I, I see it. I see how the enemy has used temptation to deceive others. To make it think, you know, everybody else is doing this uh, church is doing it. This mega church is doing it. This mega pastor. And then we, we, we start to uh, follow man instead of following God's word. And we become deceived by temptation. We're tempted. We need it. We need somebody to pat us on the back and tell us we're doing good. Or, or you know, you 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 knocked it out of the park. I mean, that was excellent. And you know, a lot of times uh, our ego is being fed. 
And the enemy is planning this spiritual attack upon our lives. And I want to wake you up today to say that this intense spiritual warfare is real and active. And God wants us to be able to have the authority to deceive the enemy that attacks our lives daily in many ways and forms. So you remember, temptation is number two weapon of the devil. And we have in Matthew 4 where Jesus was taken to the desert. He was taken to the desert to be tempted. And a lot of people say, well, you know, Pastor Bishop, uh, uh, he was Jesus. He was the son of God. He was the son of man. And, and you know, he, uh, he overcame temptation. But, you know, I want to tell you something. When Jesus was tempted out in the desert, what did the enemy use? He used the word of God to tempt him. But thank God that Jesus also knew his word. So I, I want to connect that. So many people know the word, but they don't know how to use it. They don't know how to interpret it. And this is where the enemy takes advantage. They hear this and believe that. And I've said it so many times. It's so important that we understand the word and we rightly divide it. We put it in the place it's supposed to be. And we understand it, that there is wisdom and revelation to his word to our lives. So we will not be deceived by the enemy himself. If Jesus did not know the word, uh, the enemy would have deceived them. Would have, in this temptation in the desert, he tempted, he was hungry, he was tired, his pride. He said, oh, the devil told him, he showed him the kingdoms. I will give you all this if you bow down to me. And, uh, you know, Jesus had to, to respond to him. And he told him, hey, you have the power to go ahead and make these rocks into bread. And uh, he told him, hey, if you throw yourself from the cupid of the temple and fall, he'll send his angels. The devil knew, knew, knows the word of God. And he was using the word in the wrong form and fashion to tempt Jesus Christ, who had been on, on a fasting journey. So my brother, my sister, don't forget, the enemy in this end time of spiritual warfare will use temptation, will use deception. And deception usually follows them. Uh, deception will, temptation will follow deception. And number three that I want to be able to kind of give you a short introduction is the devil is the known accuser of the brethren. Revelation 12, 10 says he's the accuser of the saints, of the brethren. And he is known to make uh, believers who have you know, uh, uh, lost their way with God, their relationship. He accuses them. They're one of the devil's main weapons, like I say, is deception and then temptation and then accusation. Accusation. He's an accuser. He'll accuse you. He'll make you feel bad. He'll break you down and he'll make you think about that sin. He'll make you think about that evil thought. He'll make you think that you're not right. You're not worthy because uh, that's what the devil wants you. And if you don't have the word of God in your life to know how to deal with sin in your life, the devil, that sin starts to uh, multiply and, and it starts to accumulate in your life because you have not confessed it. You have not learned to ask God for forgiveness, to forgive you, take that load off your mind and your heart and your soul. And it becomes sometimes to a point where you, you, you become so uh accused from the devil that you are down you are hurt and the devil will make you feel that you don't have no hope that there's no hope that's one of his greatest attacks and its greatest idea is that if he can get 
It's many, and he is doing a good job. So many people. And you know, like I said, the facade is one thing, but the core, you can see what the core really is. Uh, you know, a lot of people say we had a beautiful service. There was thousands of people here. We praised God. We were, how many people were saved? How many people were delivered? And uh, a lot of times, uh, well, uh, yeah, some people were saved. Well, you know, how many? Well, I don't know. And, you know, somebody raised their hand. Somebody got delivered. And, you know, we, we live a facade. We live a, a life because that's in time spiritual warfare. The devil wants you to, to think that he wasn't, he, he wasn't there. He, didn't, he doesn't even worry sometimes uh, of showing up because he knows that, you know, uh, you're, you're, being, you're living in a stronghold of deception or a stronghold of temptation. Uh, he has you in a stronghold of accusations. Right? You sing, you you shout, but then your life doesn't have victory. And this is so important that we understand that dealing with deception, and, and there's God has given us two weapons that are so powerful, and they're found there in, in um, Ephesians 6, 14, where the Bible talks about the armor. Uh, and, you know, I want to just interact a little bit with the armor, Ephesians 6, where he starts there in verse 10, put on the whole armor of God. And, 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 you know, one of the things I've always said, if you read it carefully and, and you use the, the right tool to interpret, it doesn't say God will put the armor on you. He's, he, he's telling us, we must put on the armor of God. The armor could be there. The weapons could be there. But if we don't put them on, or we don't know how to use these weapons, that is of no good use to us if we don't know how to use the armor of God, if we don't know how to put it on. And today's introduction, uh, I, I want to come to a close. Like I said, we have two weapons. Uh, Ephesians 6.14 talks about the belt of truth. And then Ephesians 6.17 talks about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Both are truths that are found in God's word. So, why are, God has given us two different names, the sword and the belt? Because one is meant to be defensive, the belt, while the other is meant to be offensive, the sword. So I want to, I want to repeat this. God mentions in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, in 6.14, he, he mentions the, the belt of truth. And in Ephesians 6.17, he mentions the sword of the truth. One defensive, one offensive. And I want to come to a close today that the belt is something you use to wear a guard against an attack while the sword is used to slaughter the enemy. You use the belt of truth, God's word, to guard against the enemy's deception, the lies he sends your way. Well, you use the sword of the spirit, also God's word, to tear down the existing strongholds, deception that took hold in your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, We are told not to be conformed to this world, but that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our minds? By getting into God's word. Ephesians 5, 26 is the process is referred to as washing of water by the word, that it might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the word by the word. I, I, I want to close today and reminder that we have, uh, we are in battle, we are in war, in time spiritual warfare. 
Oh, but I thank God that God has given us weapons as he has here the word to de destroy the deception, the lies of the enemy. We have the truth. We have the God's truth. We have the belt of truth and we have the sword of the truth. We have the defensive uh, guard and we have also the offensive guard. And I want you to understand this because we need to understand that in this last end time spiritual war, if there is a time that we need to get a hold of God's word, it is now, my friend. And I encourage you to start reading more of the word of God and ask for revelation. I want to ask, you know, the word of God is what will give you the strength to be able to resist the devil so he can flee from you. The word of God is what will give you the knowledge of how to deal with the attacks of the enemy upon your life. The word of God is what gives you the strength to bring down those strongholds that the enemy deposits in your mind. The word of God is what gives you promises and authority to be able to come out and live a victorious life. Paul said, we are more than conquerors through him who, who loves us, through Jesus Christ. And Paul said, put on the armor of God. He didn't say God was going to put it on you. A lot of people are waiting for the armor to come, but they got to take it. They were, God wants you to be bold. God wants you to understand that you have a spiritual warfare to deal with offensively and defensively. You have the weapons to be able to defend yourself. The blood of Jesus still has power. The name of Jesus still has power. Somebody needs to claim that name and somebody needs to recall that and cry out to Jesus. I come to a close today and ask you to share, like, I ask you to continue to pray for the Crosspoint Church and we are thanking God, we are praying to God for this word to reach out and touch somebody's life today. In Jesus' name, we bless you. We ask God to give you the knowledge to understand that in time spiritual warfare that can be defeated by the blood and by the name and by the word of God. May God bless you until next week at the Cross Point Church and the Talks at the Cross close for today. May God bless you.